and welcome back to the square. Jim, double header Sunday. Yeah. This is like, you know, when the like the one o'clock game is good and the four o'clock game is good. You're just you're just chilling on the couch and, and you're gonna be entertained. Uh well today, the second of our interviews with common council candidates, we have the esteemed Eve Shippens running for North District. Eve, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We also have uh, communications director for the campaign. Is that the correct title, Stacy? Yeah. Stacy Von Blarkham. Did I pronounce it right? You did. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> nailed it. Uh, joining us here again as well. And guys, I gotta say, you know, for the campaign that you've you you look so sunshiny and radiant, <laughs> and I like if it were me, I would like just be looking haggard and like, oh, <laughs> based on the kind of campaign uh, you've been dealing with. Talk to us. It's been a few months now, right? What, like three, four months? I, I don't know. I forget. Yeah, what we less, less than that. But like, it's been a couple. It's, it's been a while since you were back. Probably right feels like five years in this campaign cycle. <laughs> Truly. What? I mean, how, how are you staying so so positive and so upbeat? Like, this is a dogfight. It definitely, definitely has turned into a dogfight. Um, it's been an intense campaign from the beginning since we are an all-volunteer mm -hmm. campaign. I still work a full-time job. And we... Get home from work and we campaign all night and all weekends. So um, it's been intense all along, but we made it on the ballot. We um, have been door knocking, phone banking, all of that, and really uh, moving forward with positive messaging. And then it's recently turned very ugly because the incumbent is feeling insecure. <laughs> and um, we are still smiling because... We have talked about this for a while. This is about our moral values. This is about who we are as people. Yeah. We're not here to divide a community. We're here to unite people. We're here to bring together different uh, perspectives and actually uh, engage in civil discourse and be able to come up with common solutions for folks. And whoever wins, it really will reflect the moral values of the voters, whether they want somebody who's dividing the community and dog whistling and uh, drumming up division, or whether they want somebody who's actually ready to hit the ground running with solutions and be collaborative and bring everyone together based on what we all want, which is we want healthy, safe housing. We want neighborhoods that we can raise a family in and own houses in and have businesses in and work safely in. And that's what I stand for. So it's not reflecting my character. It is really reflecting the character of his campaign. Uh, that, that sounds like something a radical would say. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm so yeah. radical. I might want people to like have healthy right, food, yeah, they, right? Yeah, and, and maybe to get down the sidewalk. You know, you wouldn't know? this just be easier if you just sold out to developers? Like if you just took a whole bunch of money from like Doug Jamal and Nick Sinatra, this would have been a lot easier on you. It probably would have been. Um, however, you know, I don't think this is the direction we should go in yeah. in our city. That we're we're seeing we're we're seeing people being so desperate for development mm -hmm. because the city has been blighted so long that they don't care who, what, or how. Right. And this has been a problem. I'm a Buffalo public school teacher. I was um, I'm in a building that was part of that billion dollar renovation project oh what i could say about the quality of that renovation 
because it's because there was no accountability. Mm. There was no double checking what was going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure that my building is healthy or safe. I know that we have lead sinks in the in the building still. My um, sink in my classroom has a sign on it. You can't drink from it because it has the water is testing at a high lead level. And you know, kids love to listen to signs and rules, right? So <laughs> they definitely won't. <laughs> so if one sink in the room tests high lead and the rest of the sinks in the room, because it's a science lab, do not, then that tells you that that is not the water coming into the building. It's the pipes in the wall. Yeah. And somehow they weren't replaced. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, love that for, for all of us. Um, Eve, you know, I, I, I'm glad you're here because, you know, we did our campaign finance episode last week. And, and I'm just wondering, like, tell, help us understand because apparently the going rate for signs seems to be what well, for Joe Golombek, like, I don't know, a good five, $6,000, but, but Eve Shippen somehow was able to get a good amount of signs for, I don't know, like a fifth of that. Um, the, the, the I, I know, I know signs, uh, don't vote Jim. Joe no. Golombek is a, a big believer in the opposite. Apparently, uh, spending like a metric shit ton of money on, on these signs. I, I, I found it fascinating. Um, did you guys have a chance to like peer at some of the, you know, I know it's a little wonky inside baseball, but were you kind of blown away at some of the things that your opponent is spending money on? I actually didn't do a deep dive into his financials. Oh, good, um, good for you. Like you're actually spending time on like what matters. Right. And when you can, you, after, after the election, you can look at his financials and be like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy did this. Uh, spend time focusing on, on winning right now and then, and then reviewing what nonsense he did afterwards. I mean, I looked at things briefly and nothing really I don't know how he spent that much money so quickly because I'm not seeing it reflected in what's happening mm -hmm. except for the signs. Yeah. So, I mean, if he spent a lot of money on the signs, then I guess that does show because there are giant Joe signs um, all around the community, um, mostly on um, non-Democrats lawns. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and good good thing they all can vote in the Democratic primary. <laughs> yeah, that's way right. Well, well that, actually, that's that's one of my things is like you know he he is attacking you. Like he's sending out these mailers where he's trying to attack you and you know paint you as you know some radical leftist. And I was like, all right, well, even if that were true, Joe, who do you think votes in Democratic primary? This is like he's running like the mayor's playbook against India in the general. And I was like, yeah, and in that in the general, Joe. Republicans and conservatives and blanks got to vote. Who do you think votes in a Democratic primary, Joe? Like, like I, how like dis distanced and like uh, you know alienated from your party are you that you think that this is a, a winning slogan for you or a winning line? So I think what we saw with the mailer is that he really is out of touch. Yeah. with the times. You know, he tried to shame Eve for standing up against racism in the 2020 protests, like. Get with the times. Yeah. This is what is happening right now right. in I, our city, in our country. And personally, I want leaders who are going to stand against racism. Are, yeah. Are you running against Joe Golombek or Joe Manchin? <laughs> <laughs> right. One other thing I want to add to this is that we already have seen racialized massacre yes. in the city of Buffalo. And for him to be uh, dog whistling the same kind of messaging that brought that into our city. Yeah. That's dangerous. Um, 
and and we've had a talk about security for my house and my family because um right. two of two of my kids are black mm-hmm. and um the messaging being putting put out by his surrogates on Facebook is quite um incendiary mm-hmm. and it, it you know the fact that he's sitting there and supporting it and he could say oh i'm not supporting it i'm not on facebook like that but he is mm-hmm. because i see him comment on certain things from time to time but even if he wasn't supporting that he's using pictures the same pictures they're using he's using on his mailer that has his name on it it's mm-hmm. his campaign committee that sent it out mm-hmm. which i just want to acknowledge too that um the photos he used they took from my facebook page on my Facebook page, I acknowledge the professional photographer who took those photos. He, he used those photos without the photographer's permission and without compensating, which should be in his financials. It should say that he paid this photographer for mm. this. But he is um, basically using someone else's intellectual property without their permission mm-hmm. to put out hate speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is campaigning in 2023, right? This is the digital warfare landscape. But you're right. I mean, if he's using somebody's photos. You know, you gotta- he has enough money. He can pay right. the guy. Pay the guy then. Pay the guy. I, I actually called the photographer, let him know, and I said, you need to request payment. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, moral principles don't request payment. <laughs> no, your, your photographs were used. Mm-hmm. You should get paid. So, you know, talk to us about, like, look, we've, We've seen all the the mudslinging and the negative messaging, um, you know, radical socialist Eve Shippens, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is not something, you know, you, you've been through the song and dance and other campaigns, right? You know, you know what this looks like. You're, you're pretty tough, uh, tough cookies over there in the Shippens for North campaign. But what are the actual, you know, now that you're, you're on the ballot, you are running. It's not a hypothetical anymore. You are a candidate. Talk to us about like what kind of response you're getting from the actual people, not the signs, not the big old Joe <laughs> side. They, they don't, you know, they say their own thing, but the actual honest to God people that you're talking to, what kind of feedback or what kind of messaging, you know, what, what are they saying? What are you hearing from them about all this? You know what? We've had a fabulous response on doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been door knocking. God, we don't stop door knocking. It's tiring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to, not door knocking every night, but, um, <laughs> but I've also met so many great people that are, um, there's a lot of great people in the community doing all kinds of interesting things, um, that really need to be uplifted more and supported mm-hmm. more. And, um, I met this, this, um, retired police officer that lives in, um, the housing over by, uh, Kenmore Avenue mm-hmm. by that mm-hmm. price rate. And he was teaching kids music in the community room, which, because of no insurance, had to be shut down. But he was getting the kids in a housing project engaged and um, doing something productive. Mm -hmm. And what a fabulous person and what a fabulous program. And that should be supported, but it's not being supported. But we also... um, met the woman who runs Western New York Mobile Ops, which is the opioid mm-hmm. um, overdose people, uh, provide free Narcan for people in the community. Mm-hmm. So there's so many people doing fabulous things, and they've been so receptive on the doors. And people are really ready for a change, ready for something better. 
even folks who uh, like Joe, because he's been a mem- he, lifelong member of the community, and um, even people like Joe or have relationships have told me that, you know, 24 years is a long time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe we need some new energy here. 24 yeah. years is a long time. Jim, wasn't there somebody who said if they were there like more than 10 years, you know, they would, they would quit? Well, uh, not that they would quit. Although maybe that they would, but like that they should have their head examined. Ha- head examined. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, somebody should. Jeez. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it was somebody who was elected to North district. Somebody elected North district should have their head examined if they were long, they're longer than 10 years. What about 24 years? What, what kind of examination? Should I mean, you get? I don't have a degree in math, but I think 24 is larger than 10. Oh, it's, okay. it's longer than But 10. you do have a degree in medicine. So I'm just trying to figure right. out like what kind of examination <laughs> they should get. Um, yeah, no, uh, famously or infamously, I guess, Joe Golombek once said uh, that, yes, he should have his head examined if he was there longer than 10 years. 20 years. Tw- 20 years. Is that, was, was that the number? It is, it is 20 years. Okay. Yes. Well, either way, he should definitely get his head examined. Um, but no, seriously, I, I mean, he has been in office. He's been a fixture, a barnacle to some. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see Joe Golombek now scrambling to do something. After years of... In nothing, in action, inertness, whatever you want to call it. Now Joe is he's he's swinging. Um, were were you expecting this level of vitriol of energy in this campaign from your opponent? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you did when we last spoke. But is it like wow, this is even worse than I would have thought? So I'm gonna say yes. We totally expected this. However, and I'm gonna say this because there's some confused people that have been posting about the fact that I'm on Working Families Party line as well. Uh, Gullenbeck is on the Conservative Party line as well as Democratic. Mm. So we were pretty sure that this messaging would come out Mm post-primary, not pre-primary, because we're vying for Democrats and Democratic vote right now. Mm -hmm. So I expected it to turn into this extremist right-wing messaging once... um, the non-Democrats could vote in the general election. So this came a little bit early. Um, But yeah, we totally expected it. Um, We also, I had a friend of mine um, offer to clean my Facebook a year ago when when we knew we were doing this. And I said, no, thank you. And we also knew about the video that they're posting um, that was put out by a white supremacist group in 2020. And um, we knew it existed. So um, if people want to look at those things, I didn't hide them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to hide when you stand on your values. Right. You know, we're all human beings. That's a thing. Um, but when and, you can. And I've been part of anti-racist work for over a decade now. Right. So I'm not going to all of a sudden oh my God, maybe I'm okay with racism. No, mm-hmm. no, that's so not no. where I'm going. Well, now that I think about it, uh, <laughs> yeah. you put it that way, actually. <laughs> I've reconsidered some things. And uh, no, yeah, I mean, look, we we knew, you know, we we here at the Square knew it was going to be uh, an ugly campaign. And I obviously you went into it pretty clear-eyed about what you're getting into. But what's fascinating to me is like, I help, help me out here, Jim, because like, this whole campaign, we talked even on this episode about how Joe Golumbek is out of touch, but like this just feels like a weird, like Joe Golumbek is not not based on his actual age, but just like based on his outlook. Like he he's a throwback. Like he 
He is a, a kind of Democrat where, yes, they still exist, but not in the city of Buffalo. Like, we don't see the conservative Democrat model as much. Even though, yes, Byron Brown won for mayor, you know, pulling that nonsense. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances. By and large, I don't think we see the model of the, I mean, openly conservative Democrat right, like this. Right. I mean, I, I, I wonder, like, was Joe not paying attention? You know, it was, what, four or five years ago when Chuck Swanick ran uh, on the conservative line as, like, a Democrat, like a conservative Democrat, uh, pro-life Democrat, and got absolutely obliterated by, you know, the by, uh, by uh, Panapinto in the state Senate race as, you know, a more liberal, more progressive Democrat, um, you know, and, you know, we'll ignore how the, you know, things that, that career turned out, but, like, you know, Swanick, you know, ran on this line that, you know, Joe seems to be also inhabiting, which is what Joe inhabited when he ran against Sam Hoyt a million years ago uh, for assembly, where, like, you know, he's like, well, you know, Sam is this, you know, progressive libertine, and I'm, you know, a, a real, like, real person. And I was like, no, you're, 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 you're like this right-wing monster, Joe. Um, and that's, <laughs> and, and he got drilled by Sam Hoyt a couple of elections. And, like, he hasn't learned his lesson. Like, it's, it's you see this, I think, a lot in uh, nationwide in this country with people on the right wing where like they are so convinced that everybody thinks like them, even though like statistically it's constantly, it's constantly shown that they're in the minority. They're just convinced that everybody must like think, think like them. And, and yeah, Joe just like had like as somehow like, I don't know. I don't think it was his head in the clouds, more like he's got it buried in the sand, like an ostrich <laughs> uh, that he just assumes like, Oh yeah, everybody must think like me because you know, he, he, wait, I mean, and this gets back to like he doesn't want to be challenged. He thinks it's he it's his almost like his his it's his right to be the North District Council member. How dare you challenge him? I'm the correct person, and he fills himself with people who like or surrounds himself with people who echo that. And so, like, he, I think that helps lead him even more out of touch. I think that's so dangerous to do. Like, I go to some of these community uh, meetings, and they're which are not easy to get a hold of where they are, what time they are, all this information that should be public about community meetings. Since they're run through uh, block clubs and community associations, um, they don't have to be public-facing for some reason. There's no district-wide stakeholder meetings. So the people who are in the room are the people who have been in the room 24 years, some of them longer than that, and um, so he's hearing one side, one perspective, constantly and endlessly. And I don't, and, and he is out of touch with the average person. And I'm not saying this against anyone who doesn't have a family, but he doesn't have children. He doesn't know the struggles of being a parent and what, what it's like to really navigate the systems in the city with children. Mm-hmm. And um, there's... He's never had to buy a house, you know? So um, he lives in his parents' house. And um, so it's like he doesn't understand the struggles of that. There's a lot that he hasn't personally experienced. And um, I know that some of those things, you know, other people haven't personally experienced too. But Mm -hmm. um, over 62% of families with children under five in North District live below the poverty line. He has no idea what that's about. 
And nor, nor is he trying to find out, by the way. Like, you know, you don't have to have those lived experiences yourself, but certainly have a little bit of intellectual curiosity to find out. Nothing about Joe Golombek over the years has shown that he wants to learn about, you know, the renter class of people who are maybe struggling to buy homes or the families with children. Nothing that this man has ever done leads you to believe that he gives a flying fuck about any of that. Right. Well, I think, you know, we all have to look beyond our own experience, mm -hmm. right? And when it comes to leadership and when it comes to elected officials, we have to be trying to pull in as many voices as possible um, because that's just democracy. That's just good leadership. You know, we've got 40% of people, um, including renters and homeowners, who are living in unaffordable housing right now in North District. So, you know, folks who are spending more than a third of their income on their housing. Um, and that's the reality, you know? So well, I think that there are all these realities that are just going unaddressed. Yeah. Well, speaking of pulling things in, it's interesting that uh, your opponent is attacking you as, like, this radical leftist. And yet, for the first time in a while, he's actually coming up with some, like, uh, his own platform. But it's not really his own, is it? It seems to be mostly, like, just stuff that you already said were ideas. And he was like, yeah, no, I, I think those, too. Right, right. So, like, you're a radical leftist, and you're dangerous, and don't elect you, but also his platform is exactly what your platform is. Right. I find it interesting that he's running on green infrastructure when he uh, co-sponsored a bill and supported another, not a bill, a resolution, sorry, right. um, against um, accepting the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act right. from the state. So, um, all of a sudden, he's green infrastructure. But where is your record? And this is what people need to do. People need to uh, do their homework and actually look at his voting record. They also actually need to look at his financials because he likes to come at me for my financials. And right, it's because yeah, like you know he is the only person running in the common council in any of the races in any of the five districts where there's races uh, who also who received money from people who also gave money to Lindsay Larigo in the 10th uh, County Ledge District in that race, in the Republican conservative race. He, he received, the, the, the same conservatives gave money to Joe, uh, Joe Golombek and Lindsay Larigo. Right. And also, I don't know. Friends did the like mayor, that, right? <laughs> did the mayor or, and developers throw any fundraisers for anyone else besides Joe? Mm, survey says, <laughs> eh. And does anyone else have donation amounts of twenty five hundred and five thousand dollars, which is, I believe, above the legal limit? Right. Yeah. 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 My understanding is the limit is a thousand dollars for the primary, and then after the primary, you can raise another thousand dollars for the general, uh, but you're not supposed to raise, you know, more than that, more than two thousand dollars total this year, anyways. Uh, so twenty five hundred again, not a math major, re, but twenty five hundred seems to be higher than two thousand. That's because you went to med school, like I said. Yeah. You know what? I want to I wanna go on record at saying that when, he d when they did an analysis of my financials and they're like, oh, my God, so many out-of-district donations. Yeah, his, his amounts for my donations were 100% spot on because no one who um, would be looking at that, if they're going to fact check it, they're going to go into my financials. And they'd say, oh, he's right. But... His financial, his percent of in-district, out-of-district were totally made up. Yeah. And um, so, but who goes back and fact-checks him if he's the one putting out the graphic? Mm -hmm. And I would also like to say, I've been part of nationwide teacher union work for quite a long period of time. So everyone's like, oh my God, 
out-of-state donations. First of all, I was born in New York City, and none of my family mm-hmm. of origin live in New York State anymore. So any, any relative money comes from out-of-state. But also, I know people who have been um, pro-public education and fighting in union, union work across the country for a decade, and then across the state um, even more. So, you know, you can go and say like, oh, where is this money coming from? It's coming from my union connections. Well, the, the other thing is that, you know, it's the timing on his attack on you for this just happened to, like, I'm sure it was just coincidental, it happened right before this fundraiser was hosted for him by the developers and the mayor, right. where he's going to cash all these checks that are from outside the district and outside of the city yes. and outside of the state of New York. Uh, but one donation that I thought, like I brought up on the, last week on our campaign finance that I thought was very interesting that he did get from inside the district was the Little League football, uh, <laughs> uh, Black Rock Riverside Little League football Um uh, those kids just love Joe. They just they can't they get can't, enough of them. They can't get enough of them, and they they're willing to maybe jeopardize their nonprofit status to give Joe a hundred dollars. Must is that's the takeaway I I got from it is that like seven year olds for Joe is basically so, so. Why don't you take more money from children? I guess is my question. So the funny thing is, um, my daughter and my youngest son were part of that league. Uh, my daughter was a cheerleader for them. My son was played football. And somehow I do not remember when I was paying my dues that it was told to me that we would be donating into political campaigns. But maybe times have changed. (laughs) Um, I also, you know, again, why would you take uh, change from children? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your quarters to donate to Joe. I do. I think I think it should be going in the other direction. I think that uh, a council person should be supporting youth activities. Yes. And the, and we really are stuck in this kind of mindset. And I talk to people in district. This is why I don't actually, I do a lot of uh, promoting local businesses during this campaign because I actually go to these local businesses on a regular basis. Um, this is where I eat. This is where I drink. This is where I buy things. But I'm not asking any of them to put themselves out on a limb and, and say, I'm with Eve. A couple of them have, mm-hmm. but I'm not asking them to because you should not be afraid to, um, of what might happen if the person you are supporting loses, including this, this uh, football league. My kids were part of that football league. I'm going to support the football league if I win, why would I not? I'm all about activities for children. And I was part of that. I used to go and work in um, the snack shop mm-hmm. during the games. <laughs> I did volunteer hours. I did, God, I, I spent like 40 hours a week at the football field. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so, it, so, so many of the people I talked to are afraid that um, if, if I'm elected, their organization will not be supported. There's a lot of misinformation about how discretionary funding should be spent. Mm -hmm. It really should be based on a committee of people coming together, setting a criteria. And when I say a committee of people, let's add a diverse Mm -hmm. committee of people and they should set a criteria and, and different organizations should apply for this money, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be just up to the council person. 
because what's good for the community is what's good for the community. It's not like, hey, we went to grammar school together. Oh, you started an organization that actually has zero members? Here's $10,000. Have fun. I don't believe in that. Well, you know, and you you mentioned your your union connections earlier, and I, I you know, even though Joe Golumbek has has dragged us all, and certainly the voters of the North District down into the swamp, um, I have to imagine you're still smiling and positive because you uh, secured some key endorsements over the past couple months. Um, talk to us about you know getting um, getting some of these endorsements and and really like that th- is given a level of legitimacy to your campaign. Um, that I mean, again, we're talking like we. We think and hope you can win, but seeing the endorsement that you pulled down really gave a lot of legitimacy to what we saw or what we're seeing here. That that, that not all challengers are able to get every time. Yes. Right. They're still rolling in, by the way. Yeah, yeah, so- yeah we, we have like three not even up on the website right. because we, we haven't even endorsed our late or announced our latest endorsement because right. it came in yesterday. They're coming so fast that like, honestly, with an all volunteer team, sometimes it's hard to, yeah. to get them up. Can you, can you uh, give the listeners? Coming in. Can you give the listeners um, who might not be hip to this some of the some of the key endorsements you've you've pulled in? Yeah. Working Families Party, Buffalo Teachers F- Federation, the Western New York uh, CWA Council, Herbold Move, Eleanor's Legacy, Climate Cabinet Action, Three Fourteen Action, which is a climate group as well. Um, lead locally, also climate, correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not seeing every other like lunch. council. Yeah, like every other chair. These are like incumbent kind of endorsements that you're pulling in. How did how did that come to be? Like, did you go to these groups and did you say like, look, you know, here's who I am, here's my background, or did they come to you or some mix in between? It, it actually was a mix, mm-hmm. and um, but we some of these groups I I knew about and were involved with because of the work I've done in the community and through my union. So um, actually being an active union member um, for over a decade is, uh, is where I'm so involved in these things. Uh, we did post, which you don't usually see on a candidate's uh, website, we did post a copy of my resume mm-hmm. because um, I don't sleep much. i mean that's that's the real thing um and i do and i do a lot of community work and a lot of it through the union so it did take a a good amount of time to uh apply for these endorsements fill out questionnaires go to different endorsement interviews um some of them up to an hour long interview and um really go and show that i was a viable candidate who uh, knew how to run a campaign, was able to raise money. We've we've raised just over $30,000 so far, which for a first-time candidate in a really sleepy race is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Right, and a very low do- average donation amount, P.S. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's uh, yeah, I mean, I, another thing I noticed from, like, his, his uh, fire, uh, flyer that he did or mailer, and then in your financials when I looked at them is that, like, he meant, oh, well, I've got all these individual donations. And I was like, if you look at it, it's like, the way he, he did the math is, oh, yes, you have all these individual donations, Joe, but if you look at how many individuals have donated to you, it's the same people over and over again. Like, you know, Nate Newman's listed on there like seven times, but he counts it as seven individual donations, whereas yours, it's a lot of different people. There's mm-hmm. all, there are a lot of people supporting you. There are, and I'm humbled and honored every time I receive a donation, especially when I don't know who the person is. Well, and, you know, to you. 
I mean, look, you're you're a teacher, a longtime teacher. That doesn't mean the Buffalo Teachers Federation had to endorse you. Like, it, you know, it's, these things aren't guaranteed. And I think that it's your, you know, your work that you've done up to this point really speaks to, you know, you've got a, a community of people who are behind you now based on your record of doing work, you know. You went and you sought these endorsements, but also the people that you work with thought highly enough of you in the past to say, yeah, we're going to put our stamp on Eve. So I also want to say this because this is one of the attacks is, oh, Eve serves on political action committee for the Buffalo Teachers Federation. So she interviewed herself and voted her herself the endorsement. Of course, that is ridiculous. I was not part of my endo- my own endorsement process. But I was um, interviewed by the Political Action Committee. I was then, um, they met without me present to decide whether or not to endorse me. They unanimously decided to endorse me. Then it goes to the next level, uh, the Buffalo Teachers Federation Executive Committee, which I am part of. I was asked to leave the room. They had a vote. I was again voted unanimously to be endorsed. Um. And then it goes up to a third level, which is um, the Council of Delegates, which is representatives from every school building. Mm. And you have to have quorum or a, a minimum amount of people in order to um, even vote. Mm. And so um, there was over 60 people in the room when um, they voted to endorse me unanimously through the Council of Delegates. So um, for anybody who's like, oh, she did that all by herself, like she endorsed herself. No, that's not the process. And it, it was a very, like three different levels I had a pass and three different levels, not a single person abstained or voted against. But speaking of doing things yourself, uh, your opponent did uh, redraw the district lines and vote for them themselves and also then recently voted for a raise for himself. Well, he didn't technically <laughs> vote for a raise for himself. Well, he thinks he did because he assumes he's going to win. Well, I mean, he <laughs> voted against the raise. But um, if you looked at who voted for and f- who voted against, the incumbents who have challengers voted against, knowing that they were in the minority. Hmm. 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 So the people who stroke my chin, scratch my head, the people who are unchallenged or leaving, you know, they took one for the team. Things that make you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, maybe he should promise to not accept that raise if he's elected. That would be that would be a step. You know, if you are truly against it, perhaps then you wouldn't accept it. Yeah, maybe turn that money over to the little league football team. That would be good because you they know they donated so much to him. You know, right. I mean? you know, I I had to buy all pads for my son myself because those pads were really old, and that was uh, that was um, God. It, my son's about to be twenty one, so that was probably sixteen years ago. Yeah. So look, the signs, the the Facebook, the you know whatever endorsements. Okay, a race on this scale, we know it comes down to uh, the margins are so can be so slim and so narrow it really could be a few hundred votes that could do it so at this stage of the game get out the vote super important what is your and, and again you're you're battle-hardened veterans of this political stuff um i i have to imagine your gotv is like 
firmly in place, but talk to us about your, you know, the, uh, the ground game type of stuff right now. Like in, in the last stretch of the campaign, what does that look like? Like what's your grid out the vote looking like? How are you feeling? You know, we're, we're doing phone banks. We're doing tax banks. We sent out a GOTV mailer to all of our supporters um, and we're still hitting the doors and we're still IDing people and we're still um, telling them to go vote for early voting since early voting runs through uh, June 25th. Yep. And if you can't make it to early voting, then make sure you get out election day. We will have uh, people at the poll sites during election day. So we're just going to keep on doing what we've been doing because it's really direct voter contact mm -hmm. that is the most effective those one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I am relying a little bit on the less traditional voters, the people who have been disenfranchised mm -hmm. by the, and I'm going to use this word because it's uh, one of Joe's words from 20 years ago when he was into term limits. You know, people have been disenfranchised by the political dynasties in the city. Mm -hmm. So Actually, when I was um, field director for India's campaign, I started looking back at voting records, and it's actually the vote the people turning out to vote has decreased greatly in the last twenty years. Mm -hmm. But we've had the same mayor, mm -hmm. we've had some of the same council people, mm -hmm. so people do feel like their vote doesn't matter. And since Buffalo is pretty much a one party town, mm -hmm. you know, and when and it is difficult to challenge an incumbent uh there's so much uh non-information given to you at the board of elections mm -hmm. um campaigning really is a full-time job so it's prohibited mm -hmm. prohibitive to um also be working um folks are often silenced it costs a lot of money mm -hmm. people are silenced people are afraid of the smear tactics that are going on now like, um, again, I have children and the personal safety of my children is a concern of mine right now with these smear tactics. And so all of these things do play into the part that people, good people don't run for public office and challenge incumbents because it's very difficult to. And, um, and I think that we need to open that up more and we need to make it easier for people to run because... When people are challenged, it does a few th things. First of all, it's good for democracy. Mm -hmm. It just plain out is. Mm -hmm. It also highlights issues that maybe the person was out of touch with. And we all get out of touch with things mm -hmm. that don't directly impact our lives. Mm -hmm. right. So if all we're listening to is the same people, we don't know when there's you know, there could be a fire over there that we're not seeing. Right, we're, we're, nobody is part of all communities. Right. right, we can't have our eyes on everything, and that's why we so, need all the voices. So when uh, when you have a challenger and you actually are able to debate issues, which of course we haven't been able to do, but if you're <laughs> actually able to debate issues, you know what? Joe should be looking at my platform mm -hmm. and seeing what he has missed. He should be, but this should be an open dialogue and we should be able to move some ideas forward that even no matter who wins mm -hmm. certain ideas like, Oh, that was a really valid thing. We need to move on that. Mm -hmm. And that should go. And that's part of being challenged. And in this city, nobody's challenged. Everyone rubber stamps everything and things are the way they are. 
Well, Jim, no secret here that uh, we are very much Eve Shippen's partisans. And yeah, I we, mean, if you go through her financials, you can find my name uh, donating money. <laughs> well, thank so. you. <laughs> yes, we are. We are pulling for you, Eve. And um, for the listener who, you know, I also hope is pulling for you where, you know, I, again, I know we're, we're winding down here in the last few, few days of the campaign when this comes out, but there is still work to be done. So. If you are one of our intrepid listeners and you want to help out either financially or you want to, you know, hit the doors or you want to hit the phones or whatever, Eve, Stacy, how can uh, our Square Pod listeners, our, our do-gooders, our, our people of, of Western New York who are the best of the best, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with the campaign? Um, so what you can do is go to Eve's website, which is Eve Shippens, the number four north dot com. Um, you can find all the early voting information and voting information for election day there. You can find Eve's full platform. You can find her resume under the about page. You can find her endorsements, um, all kinds of ways to donate, support, get involved. Um, it's all there. We are also on Instagram, Eve Shippens, again, the number four North. Uh, we are on Facebook, same thing. And Twitter, Shippens for North. Um, so yeah, these are all the ways that you can connect with Eve here and um, see her speak about the various values that she stands on. And we hope you can count on your support on June twenty seventh. And before early voting, and before. don't yeah. yes. early don't, voting don't, till the don't be, Come on, you, yeah. we we know. Listen, I'm Mister Last Minute. Just do it now. Don't just get it out of the way. And no, yeah. don't be like, oh crud, I forgot to vote. Yeah. Polls are open noon to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday, and then the Saturday and Sunday of early voting, the 24th and 25th, um, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And, of course, on Election Day, the polls are open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yep. yep. Yes. So plenty of time. Get out there and do the right thing. <laughs> so get out, vote, and, again, um, Eve, Stacy, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully the next time we talk, uh, you know, you'll be council member-elect. Who's to say? Well, I think we'll probably talk after the primary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. True. All right. Yeah. Demo- How about this? Democratic primary winner. You yes. Shippens. How, does that sound all right? Yeah. Yes. All right. We're manifesting it now. But thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thanks.